Welcome to Walking in His Word, Detroit, coming at you from Cornerstone Church in Highland, Michigan. Welcome to Walking in His Word. Are you having a good day, everybody? Are I'm you, having a good day. I'm having a good day. Is everybody having a good day out there? We're praying for you. We're, we're believing God's best for you. Lord's got you. The Lord's got you. And right in his hand. Don't worry. That's right. All right. And we got a great message this week from Pastor Tim. His message is called The Empowered Church. That's we right. We need a church full of power. That's right. We need a church full of power. And Pastor Luke, yesterday... We kind of left off talking about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to have a heavenly mindset, right? And it was this was so cool because actually just uh, last week I was preaching at our, our youth ministry and I was preaching about uh, we're, we're throwing our, our massive Christmas parties actually this week for our teenagers. We have this massive Christmas party tomorrow night, and I, I was teaching about how Matthew when he when Matthew was called by Jesus he left everything and followed Jesus and threw Jesus a big party mm-hmm. and invited all. Of his friends. And, and then we were in our small groups and I'm talking to one of these teenagers and and he, he's a really, really smart kid. And, and he said, you know, it's really difficult to think about storing up treasure in a place I've never been to. Interesting. He said, it's really difficult to think about how the things, how the, the decisions that I make here in this life affect a place I've never been or never seen. Mm-hmm. And we, so we, we kind of dove into this idea of, okay, so what does it take to have a heavenly a mindset? What does it mean to have a heavenly mindset? Because that's so, if you're going to really make a big impact, Pastor Luke, you have to be able to think about more than just me today. Huh. You have to be able to think about heaven one day. Yes. And so we started to talk about, because he's like, I kind of get it. He's like, I kind of get me. Like, I'm going to heaven. I I got that. And so we began to talk about, well, what about the decisions that you make every single day that affect other people? Mm -hmm. And, And to have a heavenly mindset is to think about how the decisions you make today could affect their eternity. Yeah. It's not just about you and, and you spending eternity in heaven. Really, to have a heavenly mindset means that you have a mindset that thinks about the decisions I'm making right now impacting other people and how they could get to heaven. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what a heavenly mindset's all about. I think so, too. There's a lot more there, too, Pastor Aaron. I, um, I wish we had a little bit more time to discuss this. <laughs> Uh, more today, but we'll be right back and uh, we're going to kick it over to Pastor Tim, but me and Pastor Aaron will be right back in just a few minutes. I tell you what, anytime you assemble and the doors are locked and it's dark and everything is small, small in the sense of small mindedness, small mindedness, dark in the sense of, you know, not joy, not light, not, not faith, but rather discouragement and fear and despair. I mean, they're in this locked room, and I want you to know that the Lord wants to set before us an open door, right? An open door. He wants the church to go forth, to move forward, not to be huddled, right? They had assembled without any purpose. It's a believers-only meeting. There's 11 there, only those 11, Nobody else is invited. 
They're not reaching out to the lost. They're not saying, come and worship Jesus. He's resurrected. He'll change your life. They're not inviting anybody. They're not reaching out to anybody. It's just those 11 all together and without any purpose, just meeting. And I want you to know that God has so much more for the church than us gathering together just ourselves out of fear of what's taking place out there. We're just coming in here for protection because the devil's out there. No, we're coming in here to worship the king, to be empowered, to move forward in victory. And when we assemble, we invite people in. Come and see. See what Jesus will do for you, right? Hmm. Jesus appeared to them standing among them, showing them his hands inside. And I tell you what, what a great testimony. Look, I died for you. I rose again. I love you. Whenever he shows you his nailed, scarred hands, it's proof Jesus loves you. God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And saw in the book of Isaiah, it says that he's engraving you on the palms of his hands. Those nail scars are, has your name on it. And it's basically saying, I died for you because I love you. So he shows them his hands, and now they know this is Jesus. They know that Jesus loves them. They know that Jesus is alive. They know that he'll never lead them, nor forsake them. No wonder they were glad. That should make all of us glad, right? Some people say, I'm not sure God loves me. Tell them that Jesus has died for them. And that's evidence number one. The greatest evidence of all that God loves us is the cross. The cross, praise the Lord. He ministered peace to them. He, matter of fact, twice he said peace, right? Peace. He stood in the midst. He says, peace be with you. So Jesus said to them, again, peace be. To you. There's an Old Testament passage where it says that God will give you double for your trouble. In other words, he'll give you double grace, double blessing for all the troubles you go through. And we do go through trouble because in the world we shall have tribulation, right? We enter the kingdom of God through much suffering, the Bible says. And so in this life there is trouble, there are challenges, there are trials. We go through difficulty, but the Bible says he'll minister double and here Jesus is. They're full of fear because of what had happened and Jesus says, I'm going to minister to you a double portion of my peace. 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 His grace is more than enough, right? People always want a double portion from God, don't we? Where Jesus gave it to these disciples, and that's written for us as well. If you're going through something challenging, I want you to know that the Lord will minister to you a double portion of what you need. So it'll always be more than enough for you. So he ministers to them his peace, a double portion of it, and I want you to know that they ministered or received that peace And uh, he then says this. He then says this. As the Father sent me, so I send you. As the Father sent... So now he's commissioning them. He's sending them forth. Remember, they had assembled together in this locked room out of fear. No real purpose. Believers only meeting. And now he's sending them out. He's sending them out. He's given them his peace 
He's breathed on them his spirit, and now he's sending them out. But there's a problem. No power. No power. So this is the night he's resurrected. The Great Commission, when Jesus ascended to the Father, came how many days after his resurrection? Forty. He was on this earth, revealing himself to his disciples for 40 days. And then he gathered his 11 around, and in, in the plain sight, he ascended to heaven, giving them the great commission to go into all the world, make disciples, preach the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have some form of that great commission at the end of the Gospels. Luke's Gospel records it this way, Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus appears into the upper room the night in which he was resurrected. He ministers to them the Holy Spirit. They receive that. He ministered to them his peace, a double portion of peace. He then says, I'm sending you forth. Uh, but here at the 40 days later, he says, now I still want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are endued or empowered. We need more than peace to overcome in this life, and we need more than peace to fulfill the Great Commission. We need more than peace to go forth in Jesus' name, overcoming, declaring, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord and Savior. We need more than peace. We need power. And that's why it says, now wait. How long do they have to wait? Ten more days for Pentecost. Pente has the idea of 50. So 50 days after Christ died was Pentecost. 40 days after Christ died, he ascended to heaven. So he's now in Luke 24, 49, says, now you wait. They had to wait 10 more days. And then we know in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's 50 days after his crucifixion, the Bible says they were all assembled together in one place, and the Holy Spirit was poured out, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Before we uh, handed it over to Pastor Tim, you mentioned something and it got me thinking about how one of your youth students was asking, like, it's really difficult to th th uh, try to store up treasures in, ha in a place I've never been. Yeah. How do, how do you know, like, it, I don't think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not aware of it all the time. Um, and I've heard some wonderful examples of what our life is like. And... The, some people will say, it, this is just a rehearsal. Yeah. This is just practice. Yep. I've heard that. <laughs> and that really connects well with me. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in some sort of like play or drama or theater? Oh, yeah. A lot of, re a lot of time rehearsing. Oh, yeah. Second grade, baby. Well, Ma yeah. Massive, massive play. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> what, 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 what play was it? It was, uh, it was the, the mixed up fairy tales play. Sure, yeah. We've all been in that one. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And you spent days and hours practicing to be that mailbox or a tree or, you know, a character. Oh, yeah. You know, singing songs and giving your lines and memorizing everything. That's right. Because... But you realize this is just practice. This isn't this isn't the the thing yet. This yeah. is, we haven't graduated yet to the thing. Um, that's what this life is like. That th this is practice for what is to come. Oh, come on, that's good. And 
And if, if you're practicing evil in this life, you're not going to get into the next life, <laughs> right? into the place you want to go to. Right. Come on. If you're practicing love and uh, generosity, um, worship to your king, boy, you're preparing yourself yeah. for eternity. That's good. And I, it, that helps me because I do agree with that teenager who says, yeah. how am I supposed to <laughs> prepare for a place I've never been to? Yeah, it was a great question. And, and, I, and I feel like it's one of those questions every pastor likes to hear. Yeah. Because he's like, well, I'm going to do a whole four-week series <laughs> on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be- because that's a wonderful question. And I feel like that should be a question every single person has. That's right. That's so good. And every single pastor wants to answer that question. Yes. Because that's what every message we've ever preached is trying to answer. Yes. We are trying to get you in the right state of mind and heart and will and emotions and 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 action in this world which is going to be just a practice for what's to come that's so good <laughs> all right it's been great to be with you today radio family <laughs> sure has and we'll be right back here tomorrow morning 10 a.m walking, walking in his, his word. word thank you for listening to our broadcast today If you'd like more information on Cornerstone Church, such as service times or location, check out the website at cornerstonehighland.com or follow us on social media at cornerstonecc.com.